Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Best Friends Forever. This is the Fantasy Best Friends Forever here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Alongside Frankie Stample, I am Greg Sussman. Frankie, what's going on, bud? Got to lower my uh, got to lower my headphones a little bit over here, Greg. Kind of blasted me away with that best friends forever there. Sorry, my best friend, man. <sighs> yeah, I know. Get a little excited. You know, it's it's hard to do the the arm thing today, the little the dancing. Basketball um, got you, huh? Yeah, I signed up at a rec center. Been playing some, some some basketball. We're gonna talk basketball today. Talk some hoops. Excited about that. But uh, I also, you know, pump it a little iron. You know, Greggy, lift things up and put them down. I feel terrible today. My body just feels terrible. Play some more basketball tonight, though. Nice. You, are you doing it every night, or has that worked? No, a couple times a week. This is my form of physical activity. That's great, man. You know, no carb January. Trying to trying to slim down a little bit, but yeah. Few times a week playing basketball. You know the the treadmill thing. Just just running without a purpose, really. The running worst. without the playing a sport. It's just I don't know. There's not many things more boring. As it's, uh, it's not my cup of tea. And you know, if you like to do it, all all the power to you. You know what I used to do when I used to go on the treadmill. I used to watch like condensed games of like starting pitchers from the night before. Big guy who I always just do it. You know, my guy Michael Fulmer. I I used to do it with Michael Fulmer. But yeah, playing playing some basketball. We gotta we gotta set up like an FNTSY like sports day retreat. Once the once the weather kind of mm. you know warms up a little bit. Speaking of warming up here in New York City, it's like fifty five degrees outside. I, I wore on my Sunday win- it was seventeen. I wore my winter coat and a winter hat today. What is going it's on? Sixty degrees outside. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. This is why people get sick, like me. Yeah, I told you today. I was like, I hope you're not getting me sick because I wake up today and I got a sore throat. It's yeah. like. We have a 40-degree difference in weather from, like, a four-day difference from yeah. Sunday till today. The Judy's 17 telling, degrees Judy's on Sunday, that she's 55 degrees sick. today. This is horrible. But once it consistently gets warm, I, you know, we, we should set something up. Nothing crazy, but maybe a little softball, something. Sure, kickball. I mean, I've been saying it for years. Hasn't come to fruition, fortunately. But you know, everyone likes to bet on sports here. They don't like to play sports. Pretty much, yeah. But I think we have a few athletes around, though. You know, Greg Sussman, the kickball player. Yeah. Dane Martinez used to be, uh, he used to play baseball for like Syracuse. So did Mike. One. Mike was a minor league baseball Mike player. Mike was a minor league baseball player. Corey Parson, probably better at like politics, you know, the mayor of Harlem. I don't know, I don't know what we could do. Chris Ventra. Chris Ventra looks like an athlete, so we got, we'll have to set something up. I'll be excited to uh, play some softball or something. We'll figure yeah, it out. Sure. You can invite some listeners out too. I think, I think it'll be a fun time. There you go. I like it. The, the FNTY field day. There you go. You like that. Field day. All right. Um, before we start, yesterday we began the show talking about 
um, the Hall of Fame, right? Mariano Rivera, we did the whole Enter Sandman thing. And the video of Mariano went viral, right? Like getting the call, finding out he was unanimous, and it was awesome. The coolest part about that, we mentioned it yesterday on the show, was that it was our guy, Martino Puccio, that took the video. So Martino joins us right now live in the fantasy pit of misery. What's up, pit of misery? What's up, man? Probably didn't know that you were going to throw to him, Greg. So sure. It's like fumbling. No, wait, and no. That right mic now. was muted. I was here. I said there hello. There you go. Oh. What's up, Martino? What's going on, guys? Congrats, man. Great Thank job you. with the video. We mentioned it yesterday as well. If you saw the video on Twitter of Mariano Rivera getting the call, that video did come from our own Martino Puccio. It was an awesome video, awesome experience for you, Mariano Rivera's family, uh, Yankees fans alike, baseball fans. So uh, congrats to you. Congrats to Mariano. Uh, what was it like? Um... It was honestly one of the coolest things, probably the coolest thing that I've ever seen in person. Um, I mean, you could even see it in the video. Uh, right, right when they got the phone call from Jack O'Connell, you could see that they knew he was getting into the Hall of Fame, but they were still excited because it's a great accomplishment. But then the second Jack O'Connell says, Amigo, I got one more bit of information for you. And he says, you're the first. And they just don't even allow him to finish the sentence because they all knew what was happening. I brought it up when I got there um, to their house. I'm like, all the public ballots that have been released, have you at 100%? That one Boston writer that initially said he wasn't going to vote for you, switch back. Um, so you got a real shot at this. And then just to, just to be there and see that happen, because, I mean, 75 years, I believe, the Hall of Fame has been around. No one's gotten it. Um, the closest was Griffey. Before that was Seaver. Um, I mean, it's just, it was just so incredible to see. Um, it's gotten over like 3 million hits on all platforms. It, it's just so cool. Um, and it's just been an amazing experience. And, and, and even the Red Sox fans, that's one thing I got to say. All the Red Sox fans that have replied or commented on the video, they keep saying, you know what, like, I don't care. This guy deserves it. I, I, we really can't hate him. And, and I think that's one of the cooler things to see because we know how that rivalry is. But even those fans uh, had nothing but respect for him. I think what was coolest for me seeing the video was like, I've said a lot that it doesn't matter if you go on the first ballot, second ballot, third ballot, or whatnot, and you're a Hall of Famer, you're a Hall of Famer, and it, these people that always have the get off my lawn rule, oh well, you know, Babe Ruth wasn't a unanimous, nobody could be unanimous, that was all very stupid, I didn't think that these guys care, but Martino, like, seeing Mariano and his family's reaction when they were told that they were uh, he was being inducted unanimously. Yeah, he was the first one ever. Like, he like was. He said, I mean, you, you could tell. the Hall of Fame. To be the first one is. You could tell how emotional he got from hearing that. How important was that to him? It's the last baseball accomplishment he's going to really have. Right. I mean, there's nothing else. I was at the Monument Park game for him. Um, we were in a sweet box for that. That was really cool. That, that was great for him. That, that's all that stuff that he knew was coming. The same thing with the Hall of Fame. Right. But 100%, it's, you know, you talk about ghosts all the time of, like, Babe Ruth, like, our father's fathers never even saw him play. And, and, and there's Mickey Mantle, DiMaggio, Ted Williams, all these guys. No one has gotten it. Some of these guys didn't even get, like, 95% that are surefire. And he gets 100%. I mean, it's just... It was just so cool because even then, I don't even think he expected it because you could just see the reaction because 100%. it's a guy who was a failed starter. This guy didn't even expect to be in, in the position that he pitched in. His signature pitch was discovered by accident. I, I've asked him about it before, and he's been on the record saying it's just a gift from God. 
And at one point, he was just like, I, I tried fixing it for months. And at one point, I was just like, why bother fixing it? <laughs> he's breaking bats. Uh, guys, he, he's unhittable. He's not throwing 100 miles an hour. He's just same mechanics, same spot. And he, and he was virtually unhittable for the majority of his career, except for a few moments. And, and honestly, it's just, it's just such a joy to see them. Uh, and that family have that reaction because his kids are a little bit older, so they're able to appreciate what happened because a lot of professional players, you know, their kids are younger. They don't really remember much um, of how their parents, uh, if they're playing in the major leagues. But to see that moment, to have them be there, I mean, that was just so cool. Uh, I mean, it's kind of, I'm kind of speechless at this point. It's getting redundant on what to say. Mariano, a few moments ago on MLB Network Radio a couple hours ago now, he says he's going to start working with the Yankees and teaching pitching. So many guys throw hard but don't have command. We need to teach these boys to pitch. Pitchers are always getting away from pitching and are focused on throwing hard. So Mariano's going to be doing some stuff with the pitchers in the Yankee organization going forward. Sounds like we should have had Mariano around when uh, when Nathan Eovaldi was here. That would that would have been helpful. <laughs> yeah, that that would have been helpful. He was always the guy uh, that would throw like a hundred. Unfortunately, the team that he found out how to pitch with was the Red Sox. Martino, um, obviously your your video went viral. So I have two more questions for you before we let you go. We move on to some basketball stuff. Um, the first, what's the coolest? thing that Mariano has told you that nobody else really knows about? I know you're saving a lot of it for your documentary on him, but um, what's the coolest thing that he has told you that you want to reveal to us that nobody really knows? I mean, really, I haven't, I haven't actually, I'm not going to lie, but I haven't really asked him anything yet in, the, in that regard. I think most of the stuff I was just asking to double check on, you know, like the pitch and everything. Right. Um, I, f- I forget the relief pitcher that he was having catch with when he discovered the cutter. Okay. But part of it was that um, the guy he was having catch with thought he was just messing with him. Right. Because the cutter moves at the last second. That's, that's the thing about it that was so tough to hit. It moves a couple feet to the left or to the right, wherever he was aiming for. And it was just so hard to do it. And he was like, didn't change my mechanics at all. Didn't change the grip. It was just the way I threw it. And, and that happened. Um, and then, I mean, he's, he's explained about just like where he was playing in Panama too. Yeah. I mean, some of the, some of the stuff that you like hear about, it's just Panama isn't really baseball haven. You know, we, we hear about the DR, Puerto Rico, um, there's other countries in the Caribbean, obviously, uh, even Mexico produces a lot of players, but Panama, I mean, it's just really him and the fact that he's just that guy, um, that came from there. Uh, Yeah. I mean, that, that's kind of the stuff, but there'll be more to tell <laughs> eventually. There you go. And then the last question is, obviously, you've gone viral with your video. When anyone, anyone saw a video um, of Mariana's reaction, it was yours. It was, it was your video, which is freaking awesome. You had like a million-plus retweets uh, at this point, as, or billions of people have seen it, seemingly, uh, thanks to Bleacher Report and the New York Post and ESPN and all these other uh, outlets um, that have reached out to you, was... was how do you feel, man? Like, how, how does all of that, how do you react to all of that? Honestly, it, it was weird because I, I was telling you this um, before the morning after started. Um, I, I got back. We were, we were leaving his place. I got back home. I wanted to tweet it out immediately because it was just, we weren't allowed to uh, share it. Because when Jack O'Connell called, he's like, please, please, keep this a secret. Keep this a secret. I wanted to tell, like, you guys and right, everyone of course, else, like, sure. 100%, 100%. Like, this is never before seen. But I got home. One of my friends texted me, hey, Bleacher Report just credited you. They didn't DM me or anything. They just credited me immediately. Right. And then that started getting traction. And then someone's like, oh, Michael K shared it. 
and then it was just a snowball of Sports Illustrated, ESPN Assignment Desk, Local News, Brian Williams Show at 11 o'clock or whenever whenever that airs. Sure. Um, the Athletic Richard Deitch actually nice. um, messaged me, and he, he asked me for some questions. I think he's releasing uh, the column today about uh probably monday he usually releases oh, or so well yeah well um it was something like that um when he said he was gonna like, get back to me about it but uh look out for the athletic for that too but i mean it's just i don't know i thought it was gonna do well because of the video anyways but the fact that it was unanimous it just completely changed everything snowballed oh my god uh, that's yeah. awesome well, well, congratulations, man. Like, we were super pumped for you, proud of you, happy for you. Um, that was absolutely awesome. And uh, uh, we told Alex that he has to go find some Hall of Famer to bring on because <laughs> uh, he's really falling behind uh, in the power rankings of video producers. Yeah, he should point. start following around Derek Jeter now and right. maybe by next year. He'll have a chance <laughs> yeah. at being invited to the after, after, after party or something like that. Yeah. So, uh, Martino Puccio, you can check him out. Follow him on Twitter, at Martino Puccio. Um, and you can see the video. If you saw it already or you haven't, well, it was from or will be from Martino. Thanks for joining us, man. All right. Thanks, guys. Have hey, guys, Alex is doing the documentary today. That's He was supposed to be here. But right. He's in Pittsburgh trying to figure out why AB's mustache turned blonde. <laughs> it's going to be huge, like two million hits. That's oh, what he said. All right. I, that's probably still won't pass Martino's video, but that's okay. You know, Alex should do a documentary on the King. He's in the Hall of Fame. Yes. <laughs> Is not he's in the fantasy sports writers hall of fame. We should send Alex to the king's residence. We should the king's the king's court. It's funny that the king lives in Queens. The king of Queens. The king of Queens. Does he still technically? Yeah, I guess right. Is he not? No, I think so. Yeah, he's on like the border of like Queens. No, yeah, it's still Queens. What's the border of Queens and what Long Island? It's like Queens, Long Island. Yeah, but no, yeah, it's still Queens. You're right. The king of Queens. The king, Scott Engel. You probably call right next time he meets Kevin James. Probably goes. I'm the real king of Queens. I think he's all, I mean, thinks he's hilarious. I think go really up close to Kevin James and start breathing on him. Man, I want to be I want to be the fly on the wall for when the king meets LeBron. Well, you know, I was the king before you. I <laughs> <laughs> was in basketball. Cricket. Tony Zucato was there too. Yeah, he was there too. Well, you mentioned LeBron James. LeBron will not be back in action tonight for the Lakers uh, when they take on the Timberwolves at home. And unfortunately, that isn't the only injury we're dealing with today. As Victor Oladipo su- suffered a. Uh, what's deemed a brutal knee injury here that the Indiana Pacers expect him to miss the rest of the season with. Uh, I watched it a couple of times this morning. It didn't look bad. It didn't look like Paul George. It didn't look like Kevin Ware. It didn't look like Harris LeVert or any of these really nasty knee injuries. It looked like he was ready to get up. He kind of just hyperextended it a little bit. And he couldn't get up. The trainer immediately looked down and threw a towel over that knee, mm. took a towel from around Oladipo's neck and put it on the knee of, of Oladipo and... It stinks because the Pacers were surprisingly very good this season, uh, quietly one of the top teams in the Eastern Conference, certainly uh, in the run to get to the Eastern Conference Finals. Unfortunately, not to be. Probably. Yeah, with uh, with Victor Oladipo going down, uh, this is one that I hold near and dear, Greg. You know I'm a big Oladipo yeah. fan. I was excited about him last year, finally getting his opportunity to be a star in the NBA. Uh, exploded with the Indiana Pacers. Wasn't doing as well this year. I think partially... Uh, that was due to injury-related uh, items. But, look, just from a fantasy basketball perspective, you know, we got to bring this back to fantasy, uh, unfortunately. Um, look, they lose 28% of their usage rate on the court with Oladipo now gone. So everyone's looking at uh, Tyreek Evans, who scored double digits, two, four, six, seven games in a row now. He was already playing well. 
I would imagine a guy like Tyreek Evans either, either steps into the starting lineup or just has a bigger role. Maybe the Pacers are active around the trade deadline, try and bring in another wing player, another two guard. Um, but yeah, it just really sucks because this was a team that it looked like they were on the precipice, right, of like breaking out this year. Like Miles Turner was having a breakout year. Um, and last year they took LeBron and the Cavs to seven games in the first round. So it looked like this was a year where like maybe the Pacers could put it all together. I still think that they're, even when Oladipo's healthy, they're like one more piece away. Maybe they need an electric point guard or, or another wing, just someone else there with the Pacers. But uh, just from a fantasy perspective, I think it makes sense uh, with Oladipo going down. Tyreek Evans is going to be one of the most added players in season long. You'll probably look his way for DFS purposes as well. I know whenever Oladipo was out this year, a lot of people looked at Darren Collison for DFS. He played well last night. So it's just going to be more usage spread out amongst those guys with Collison and Tyreek Evans uh, in deeper leagues, Corey Joseph, maybe Miles Turner takes a few more shots here with the Pacers lineup. It's unfortunate, but on, uh, the show goes on, right, Greg? The show, in fact, does go on, and you named all the right replacements, I think, uh, that the Pacers and fantasy owners could look to, uh, at least with Indiana, um, to try and replace a Victor Oladipo from a fantasy perspective. There is no really replacing him. He's a guy that in points leagues is a, a massive scorer and whatnot. All these, even in category leagues, you know, because he does so much defensively from the shooting guard position. He shoots threes. He contributes rebounds and assists. It's, it's hard to replace that kind of production. We'll see what Virginia Zakis has to say about the injury as well yep. as what's going on with Anthony Davis and every other injury uh, around the NBA. Virginia Zakis inside injuries on the program next. She joins us here uh, via Skype when we come back. Here are the Fantasy Best Friends Forever. DailyRoto.com Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round. We never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. The following ad contains shocking material. Listener discretion is advised. Is someone in your family playing a dangerous game of Russian roulette? Over 43,000 people die a year from drug overdose. 120 people a day. Five people every hour. One person every 12 minutes. 88,000 people die every year from alcohol abuse. Over 240 people a day, 10 an hour, one person every six minutes. Somebody you know may be next. Learn how to help someone you love get away from the drugs, alcohol, and bad influences. With the FMLA, people can take a leave of absence from their job and still keep it. Call now and learn how we can help you. 866-484-9621 866-484-9621 That's 866-484-9621 It's calling the shots. Harden is just a master in that offense and I think he's on his way to his 21st straight game of 30 or more points which it doesn't get enough play, Keith. How great of, of a streak that really is. I, I haven't, we haven't seen that since Will Chamberlain, as I mentioned earlier on. I mean, where do you put that as far as streaks is concerned in NBA history? Weekdays, 8 p.m. to 11 p.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers. We want to take this time to remind you, and I 
Find the uh, read. I will let you know what I'm reminding you about. And that is the fact that DailyRoto.com partnership with Data Golf is back for 2019 with all new premium fantasy golf and betting tools. Check out the all new Ladder Optimizer with custom settings and advanced groupings, customizable projections for FanDuel and DraftKings, ownership projections, PGA finish probabilities and simulator, outright and top 20 market betting tools, head to head and three ball betting tools, PGA Pro tips, subscriber chats, and more. Head on over to DailyRoto.com, click on Go Premium, choose golf, enter the promo code GOLF19 for 10% discount. That's DailyRoto.com. Click on Go Premium, click on Golf, enter the promo code GOLF19 for a very special discount. It's 10%. This is a special discount. 10% special discount, Greg. And with that, and with that, we bring in Virginia Zakis of Inside Injury. What's going on, Virginia? Hey, guys. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. How are you? Doing well. Just uh, lots of NBA stuff to talk about. Looking forward to it. Yep, absolutely. Very, very excited. And unfortunately, I want to begin with what happened last night in particular with Victor Oladipo. That's what we were just talking about. Fell hard on that knee. The doctor immediately placed a towel over it. He was carted off, waving to the crowd. There were no tears. There was no screaming. It was just, you know, kind of upsetting to see what happened to Victor Oladipo. Um, I know the word has not leaked out yet what the injury is. From your best estimation, what do you think? Yeah, this unfortunately does look like it's uh, most likely a season-ending injury. Could either be a torn uh, quad tendon or patellar tendon or possibly even a uh, fracture to the patella. Um, all of those would end his season. Um, if it's a torn tendon, either the quad or the patellar tendon, he's looking at roughly a 13-month optimal recovery time. Um, it's very, very tough injury to recover from. It takes a really long time. Um Really doubt he'd be ready to go at the start of next season if that's it. If it is just a, a fracture, then it's possible he most likely wouldn't return this season, but should be healthy by the start of next season. But unfortunately, it's looking like that's kind of the best case scenario right now. Man, that's just crushing. Honestly, it's awful. I feel myself like getting worked up. I love Oladipo, man. Like he's such a great player. Ah, oh, it's just really hitting the prime of his career too. It really, really sucks. And I know. We've seen some other NBA outlets out there already talking about, like, it looks like he's going to have some surgery. They don't really know what on yet, yeah. Frank, but that he's not likely to, you know, be, be ready for the start of next year. And when you hear a timetable like what Virginia just said, 13 months, Greg, that'll put him at, like, the All-Star break, break next, next year. year. Yeah. Just, or, I mean, remember, ah, this is right around the time that Christoph Porzingis tore his ACL, and he's not back yet, and I know the Knicks are kind of slow rolling it, but... Um, that's another one of those 13-month injuries. It's very, very scary. Let's just hope it's a Karis LeVert-type thing where it's not as serious as they initially deemed, and he'll be back soon, hopefully. Uh, Virginia, before I ask you about Anthony Davis, because we, it wouldn't be an injury episode of Fantasy Best Friends Forever if we're not talking about Anthony Davis, I heard Mambo Number no. 5 coming back from the break. I did as well. Virginia, you strike me as somebody who loves Mambo Number no. 5. <laughs> I'm a little bit of a fan. A little bit of a fan. Eh, I was expecting a better reaction. No, Greg. I, I don't know. Virginia strikes me as a Mambo number five. No, I don't. I don't know. I can't say I know anyone that strikes me as a Mambo number five. Oh come on, Greg! You sit here and sing you all know, your songs all the time. You don't like Mambo number five? I do. Okay. Do you know who sings Mambo? Don't downplay. Do you know who sings Mambo? Number Nobody five? knows who sings I Mambo do. number five. Lou Bega. All right. Did you know that, Virginia? I did. <laughs> well, then you should have let Virginia answer. <laughs> all right, Anthony Davis. Whatever. I like Mambo number five. Let's go on with Anthony Davis, Virginia. <laughs> All right, so we actually got pretty good news. He was diagnosed with the volar plate avulsion fracture. It's a fracture, but it's pretty minor. Um, almost any time a player has a fracture, we show it as a grade three, but this is actually a grade two injury, which is not as serious. Um, they're even saying he could come back next week. 
we're showing a three-week optimal recovery time. So he probably should return. We're saying February 8th is the earliest, but mid-February is more realistic. Um, the biggest thing right now is getting that swelling under control, improving his range of motion. Um, but once, once that improves, which should take another week or two, um, he could be back pretty soon. All right, so hopefully for Anthony Davis owners that did not get Julio Okafor, uh, Anthony Davis comes back sooner rather than later. They thought it could be a much more serious injury, kind of like Rajon Rondo, who's supposed to miss four to six weeks. But it does look like um, Anthony Davis will be back sooner rather than later, even if it's not next week, as Virginia mentioned. Uh, that there's that three-week optimal recovery time, so it will be um, sooner than I think people initially expected. When I mentioned Victor Oladipo's knee injury, I mentioned Karis Levert and how we are hoping that it was like Levert's injury. Well, Levert certainly seems to be on the edge of returning. How close is he to coming back? Yeah, so honestly, when he when he got hurt, we were uh, comparing it to that Gordon Hayward injury. It looked really bad, of course. But he dislocated his foot, um, suffered some ligament damage, but no fractures, wasn't too bad. Um, we originally set a minimum optimal recovery time of 10 weeks. Okay. So he could, he's pretty much hitting that right about now. Um, so it is realistic for him to return in the next few weeks. Um, but... You know, he, he's still a little ways away. He's been doing some individual work, but no teamwork. So we'll need to see him progress to some contact drills and stuff before we can be confident that he's ready to go and that he doesn't experience any sort of a setback. But he, he's making progress and uh, could be a few weeks away. Yeah, that sounds a lot to me like post-All-Star break yep. for mm-hmm. Karis LeVert, Greg, which at the time of the injury, once we kind of got a timetable, uh, that was our uh, original speculation was right after the All-Star maybe we get Karis LeVert. It is worth mentioning that he was very injury-prone back in his days at Michigan as well, dealing with foot injuries constantly. Certainly, but if you're a Karis LeVert owner, dude, are you a little bit concerned with how well the Nets have played without him, that they don't want to kind of mess with what's going no, on? Because they, they played well with him early on in the season as okay. well, and he was their closer. So I, I think just adding him to the, the Brooklyn Nets uh, and what they've done recently, uh, I think Corey Parson uh, might have to start worrying because I, I heard that bet on the morning after he might have to like shave like all the hair on his body or something like that. Yep. If they finish in like the top six yep. or, or five or six seeds in the East, uh, I'd be a little bit worried, Corey. Uh, moving on to Tristan Thompson, the Cleveland Cavaliers, a team that has not been competing in the Eastern Conference. Uh, the Cavs are saying that they will be cautious with Tristan Thompson this time. Apparently, he returned too soon from his previous injury. Uh, he's dealing with a sore left foot injury. Obviously, whenever you see like foot ankle, these lower Especially the big man with a big man. It's very worrisome. And I think it makes a lot of sense to bring this up for fantasy-related news because his backup, who has filled in, Ante Zizic, has played great. So uh, we kind of need to know what's going on with Tristan Thompson, Virginia. Yeah, so everything you said is spot on. Um, unfortunately, anytime you see a big man have lingering foot injuries, um, it's a definite concern. They really should shut him down for a few weeks. He had this problem back in December. Um, this is definitely not just foot soreness. There's likely a sprain, um, maybe a slight ligament tear, something else going on in there that's causing this soreness. Um, so he, they do need to shut him down. He also recently had a uh, left calf strain. He's had a right ankle sprain last year. So he's no stranger to these lower body injuries. Um, It's best to shut him down now, get it right, get healthy so he doesn't suffer a more serious injury that could end his season. Greg, I have a take for you. Give it to me. Last time I made a take like this, it was Le'Veon Bell doesn't play another game in a Steelers uniform. You were right. Right about that. Yep. Tristan Thompson doesn't play another game this year. I agree with that. I I don't know how bold that is, but I don't think he plays another game this year. And if you picked up Ante Zizic... Just Just play another game for the Cavs. It's just hard to shed that contract. It's a big contract. Like, I'm sure they'll try to, but if you want to, if you want to move Tristan Thompson, you're going to have to attach a younger asset to move him. Does that really make sense for a team that's rebuilding? No. Like they'd probably have to attach Colin Sexton 
and you know people already have their their worries about you know Colin Sexton's long term future in the NBA too. So yep, um, no, nah, he'll probably be back with Cleveland. Okay, you're saying something about Ante Zizic as well. I did say something about Ante Zizic before. Yeah, you were like if you, if you own Ante Zizic, uh, just hearing that and our take on Tristan Thompson, you feel great Absolutely. because he's performed. Very well. I mean, he's consistently scoring double great. digits and points. He's been a great pickup. He rebounds. He's been giving you some defensive numbers. A lot of people might have picked him up for next to nothing, and it looks like he might actually have a long-term future for fantasy this season. We're talking Virginia Zakis of Inside Injuries. Let's head out to the Lakers, where the Rajon Rondo is the hot pickup this week because Lonzo Ball has a severe ankle sprain. You've heard grade three thrown out there. What's the latest on Lonzo? So if it is a grade three sprain, which is what they're saying the MRI showed, that means there's a pretty significant ligament tear, um, not a full tear. And it doesn't look like he's going to need surgery. Um, although I wouldn't be surprised if uh, eventually he does suffer another ankle sprain, makes it worse and has to have another or does end up undergoing surgery. Um, this is starting to sort of remind me of a Steph Curry situation. Um, ligaments get stretched out. If he returns too soon, he's going to be at a very, very high injury risk. Um, right now we're showing the soonest he should return is late February. Um, this comes with a five-week optimal recovery time, absolute minimum. But if it truly is a grade three, meaning there is a significant tear to that ligament, that optimal recovery time gets closer to 10 weeks. Um, they've given him a four to six week recovery, expected recovery time. So if he returns, then he's going to stay a high injury risk. And uh, it would not be a surprise at all if he re-injures that ankle or suffers another injury because he's trying to overcompensate. Okay, so Lonzo Ball is not coming back anytime soon. No, he's not. Yeah, it looked bad. They had to carry him off the court mm -hmm. too, like all the Lakers helping him out off the court. Uh, that's why a lot of people were excited to go out and pick up a guy like Rajon Rondo. Um, you know, we know what Rondo is at this point. Not going to score a lot, but could give you assists aplenty, uh, some defensive numbers as well. So uh, make sure you check to see if Rajon Rondo is available on your waiver wire. He It looks like he's questionable, maybe closer to probable to play tonight. So that could be the first time we see him in Lonzo Ball's absence. Virginia, I want to ask you about Jimmy Butler. It's been a super frustrating season as a Jimmy Butler owner in two of my three <laughs> fantasy leagues. It's been frustrating with Jimmy Butler. Now dealing with a wrist injury, which, you know, he's a shooter. He's a scorer, you know. Look at the flick of the wrist. You know, this is a guy that's constantly shooting. Having a wrist injury can't be good, right? Um, the MRI revealed that uh, nothing too concerning. Uh, what do you guys have on Jimmy Butler? Yeah, when they don't say that it's a clean MRI, that usually means it did show something. I suspect there's no fracture, um, no significant ligament tear, but there probably is a pretty significant sprain. Uh, we're showing a three-week optimal recovery time right now. Um, but again, like you said, anytime a shooter has an injury to their wrist it's pretty concerning um and even if he does return say in the next week it's definitely has a there's a good chance it's going to throw off a shot and it's going to hurt his performance um no surprise right now he's a high injury risk wouldn't take much to aggravate his wrist injury if he plays in the next few days or weeks and his hpf is poor so really don't expect him to play well um, if he's out there anytime soon but that will slowly improve as he hits that three-week mark but there's definitely some long-term concern here Virginia Zakis of Inside Injuries. Virginia, Derek Rose was a is a popular player tonight. I like him in in-play in the fourth quarter because Tyus Jones and Jeff Teague are both not expected to play tonight. They're both battling injuries of their own. Uh, we all want Tyus Jones to get more time, but he's got to stay on the court to do so. What do you have on both Tyus Jones and Jeff Teague, the point guard situation in Minnesota? 
So Tyus Jones was diagnosed with a left high ankle sprain. Um, I believe he's missed three straight games now. X-rays were negative, which is good, but the MRI showed a significant sprain. Um, so again, here we're looking at a minimum three-week optimal recovery time for him. Um, he's still an elevated injury risk and really should not play any time in the next two weeks. Um, we, we always talk about how difficult high ankle sprains are. More serious than a standard, standard ankle sprain, um, they're very slow to heal. Um, and very high risk of re-injury. So a lot of concern there. He should not play anytime soon. Um, Jeff Teague, they're saying left foot soreness, but it's also related to that ankle problem he had um, in the last month. So they really need to shut him down so he can get healthy. He already missed, I believe, around three weeks. Um, if that didn't do it and he's still having problems, that means he's going to need to miss more than three weeks to really get himself right. So he's a high injury risk right now. Health performance factors below average. Um, our algorithm is basically saying that it was no surprise that he got hurt again and is having more problems with that foot and ankle area. So Jeff Teague, long-term concern at this point now, that ankle for the Timberwolves. If you're Jeff Teague owner, what do you do? I own him in two of my leagues as well. Uh, I'm not, I'm not dropping him. Okay. I'm not, just because in category leagues, uh, he just gives so many assists. You know, I remember when we were playing the feud a couple of weeks ago, it was like, who led the, uh, the NBA in assists for like the month of December? And he was like one of the only yeah. guys that had like double-digit assists average for the month. So like, he could give you assists, uh, a lot of assists quickly, so... I'm not going to drop him. I'm not going to drop him. But, I mean, it's it's not a ringing endorsement either from, like, the injury side of things when it comes to Jeff Teague. Virginia, a player that I loved coming into this season, De'Aaron Fox. Unfortunately, Greg um, convinced us to draft Ricky Rubio over De'Aaron Fox. That's but, just false. Uh, he's, a, <laughs> he's, he's dealing with a left big toe soreness. Um, you know, some people might laugh about that, but... It's, the big toe matters, man. Hey, man, I mean, look, these guys, you're running up and down the court. Hurts. For, you know, 30 to 35 minutes a yeah. game. You got to be able to run. So uh, what's the latest on De'Aaron Fox? Yeah, big toe injuries are definitely tough to play through because pretty much any movement you make starts with the big toe, whether it's sprinting, jumping, even cutting, changing direction. Um, all of that starts with the big toe. So even a little bit of soreness can be very easily aggravated. Um, you know, we're showing if it it's probably a mild sprain and not just, you know, some soreness, which means the optimal recovery time is around two to three weeks. Um, at this point, hoping it's more of a fatigue issue and an, an overuse thing. Um, if he takes, you know, a week or so off, hopefully he'll recover and he'll be okay. But again, they, they really do need to be careful by playing through this. He can definitely make this injury much worse. And that's why he's a high injury risk right now. All right, Jared Fox, a high injury risk. Hopefully, he doesn't make it worse. Hopefully, he's back on the court soon, and hopefully, he continues playing uh, better than Ricky Rubio, who just got back from his own injury, Frank. Ricky Rubio played very well last night, Greg. Great. It was a great pick by you, taking Ricky Rubio over Jared Fox. We have breaking baseball news, by the breaking way. Breaking baseball news. I apologize for interrupting you, Virginia. What do you got? Breaking baseball news. Uh, the Dodgers have signed an outfielder, and his name is, is A.J. Pollock. That's right. Phenomenal. AJ Pollock. Probably should have taken AJ Pollock when I told you to. And you Probably should have. have. Michael Florio, who, is, who was listening and watching, maybe not anymore. Um, we were in that best ball draft together. He did draft AJ Pollock so as probably, his third outfit. He's probably feeling really good right now. Yeah. It's good. It's a good lineup to be in. He's going to be at the top of that lineup. Uh, he'll have opportunity to score a lot of runs. But I think it's kind of fitting that AJ Pollock signs while Virginia of Inside Injuries is on the show. 
just because he's, always he's one of the most injury-prone guys. So I'm sure we'll be asking you about A.J. Pollock in the coming weeks, Virginia. Absolutely, the coming weeks and the coming months. Before we let you go, Virginia, I do want to ask you about DeAndre Ayton, who's missed the last couple of games uh, for the Suns, and that changes everything because Rashawn Holmes has been out as well, uh, leaving extra minutes for Dragon Bender. Uh, what do you have as the latest on DeAndre Ayton? We're showing a grade one ankle injury, which is relatively mild, um, two to three week optimal recovery time. So there isn't too much long-term concern here. But again, if he does return too soon, it's an injury that's easily aggravated. Um, it won't take much to roll his ankle and set him back a few weeks. But right now, his numbers aren't too bad. He's an elevated overall injury risk, and his HPF is below average. So it doesn't look like he's going to play tonight. But if he returns sometime next week, I actually think he could uh, do all right. And um, yeah, this this isn't as serious as a lot of the other guys we've talked about today. Okay, so not as serious as some of the other guys, but, you know, not exactly ringing. No, no really ringing endorsements in Virginia today. Yeah, well, that's why we bring her on, to, to get to the nitty-gritty. You know, Virginia's not here, you know, rainbows and, 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 and bright skies, Greg. You know, she's, she's here to break it down. She, you know, not everything's going to be great news. Uh, that's, why, that's why we need her on. Should we ask what Kent Bazemore? Now I'm nervous. Go ahead. All right, Virginia, <laughs> what's, what's the, last, the last piece here, the last word on, on Kent Bazemore? So Kent Bazemore is actually making some progress. Right. He is expected to miss a few more weeks. Um, when he originally hurt his right ankle, we said minimum five-week optimal recovery time, showing a healthy return date in early February. Um, he might be a little behind that timeline now, but he has participated in some shooting drills. The next step will be um, to do, you know, really sprinting full speed, cutting those kinds of things, and then doing uh, team drills and five-on-five work. So he's not there yet, but he's making progress. Um, he's moved from high to an elevated injury risk and from a poor HPF to a below average HPF. So slight improvement, but give him a few more weeks and he should be good to go. All right, there you go. That's all the latest around the NBA from Virginia Zakis of Inside Injuries. Virginia, we appreciate the time and uh, let's do it again next week. Thanks. Absolutely. That's Virginia Zakis of Inside Injuries. When Frankie and I come back, we discuss James Harden's magical garden night, the latest on Julia Okafor, and a whole lot more. Fantasy Basketball Talk. If you're someone that needs fantasy sports advice every day, the Fantasy Sports Radio Network has you covered. When you download the NFTSY Sports Radio Network app, you get the top fantasy advice every single day right through the weekend. Be sure to listen to our weekend warriors like College Football Today. Welcome to College Football Today Weekend Fantasy Update. They call me the fantasy Jesus. In this league, it is never short of exciting at ITL. And so much more. Download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app in the iTunes and Google Play Store now. And keep the best fantasy experts right in your pocket all day long and all week long. Maurice Allen, 2015-2016 European Long Drive Tour Champion, 2017 World Number One. Me personally, I keep my game face on me all the time. Especially coming out of the bunker, leaving the range, or even leaving the course. What's your story? Go to GameFaceGrooming.com for all your athletic facial wipes and body cleansing needs. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Brain dance! 
make it rain. Mariano in his playoff career gave up 11 earned runs. 12 humans have walked on the moon. Human history has a greater chance of walking on the moon than scoring a playoff run off Mariano Rivera. That's that's, that's how crazy. crazy it is. Yeah, it really is. And just that alone is worthy of big, big praise. Weekdays, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers. If you like to wager on sports or never have and you want to try, head on over to BetDSI. They have wagering options for almost any sport you can think of, including sides, totals, and player props, where you can utilize your daily fantasy skills without salary cap constraints. You can even wager on esports, politics, and reality TV. Get an edge with live betting at BetDSI, where you can wager virtually any time during a contest, capitalizing on in-game circumstances. There are so many ways that you can make money. Use the promo code FNTSY101 when you sign up, and you get 100% bonus deposit match. Head on over and open your account right now at BetDSI. The promo code is FNTSY101 to get your 100% bonus deposit match. Once again, the promo code is FNTSY101. Frankie, last night in our backyard, Jimmy Harden put up a career-high 61 points. He had 36 at halftime, and yet the Knicks were in it all game long. You can make a case they they could have and maybe should have won the game. Uh, It was a fun night at Madison Square Garden. Yeah, obviously starting off with James Harden, just this stretch that he's going through right now is just completely ridiculous. Over the past five games, he's averaging, Greg, last five games, 52 points per game, 10 rebounds, 4 assists, Three steals and a block. Over the past month, this is a month in the NBA, 45.5 points per game, 8.3 rebounds, 7.9 assists, 2.1 steals, 1.1 blocks, 6.23 pointers made, shooting 88% from the free throw line on the year. He's averaging 36 points per game. The next closest person is Steph Curry, averaging 29. And for those people who say, well, James Harden, all he does is score. He's third in the league in assists. He's third in the league in steals, just an insane basketball season, fantasy basketball season, real-life basketball season for James Harden. He is undoubtedly your, uh, the leader in terms of MVP discussion right now. Um, he's, been, he's been better than Anthony Davis so, over the past month, not over the, the entirety of the season, but over the past month. He definitely has, Greg. So listen, I'm, uh, what, about, what happens when Chris Paul comes back, though? Number one, it changes, for sure. Yeah. Number two, from a fantasy perspective, you're absolutely right. He's been better than Anthony Davis because he's been on the court, number one. And what he's doing is just remarkable. But at some point, aren't you like, this dude takes so many shots. Just, I mean, you watch the offense just last night in the Nick game, in a, which is obviously just a, a small capsule of what he's been doing. But it's literally just going to dribble, do that thing where he pushes the guy off and take a shot. So he does every time. He's shooting 44% from the field. It could be worse. What was he, 5 of 20 last night from three? From three-point line? Yeah. You know, I saw a few, uh, a few Knicks fans last night kind of bashing D'Antoni for allowing James Harden to do this, and like whenever Carmelo used to do it, everyone yeah. used to get on Carmelo's right, case. Right, I saw that too. This is a classic example of, it's obvious, James Harden's better than Carmelo Anthony. Right. Because there were nights like this where Carmelo Anthony wanted to do this, and he wanted to put up 30 shots a night, right. or whatever it is. Right. 
but it would take him 30 shots to score 30 points. So that's the thing, right? And James Harden's taking 38 shots, but he's scoring 61. Those people said the same thing about James, that Carmelo Anthony and James Harden. It, it's true. It is a similar offense where it's just Carmelo Anthony doing everything. It's four guys standing on the court watching James Harden right now. It's the same thing, but James Harden's just better than Melo. I agree. I'm going to ask you this question later on on the NBA Fantasy Hour on Twitch, but I'm going to ask it now because it's just you and I here hanging out. What James Harden is doing, is it sustainable? Like, can the Rockets win an NBA championship playing this way? No. Okay. They couldn't do it last year when they were a better team. Chris too. Paul got hurt, to be fair. Yeah. So he had an opportunity to do this, Greg. He had not like those right. final two games in in the NBA Western Conference, he had an opportunity to do this if he wanted to. He had the opportunity to put the team on his back and, and put up 30, 40 shots a night and try and beat the Golden State Warriors. It didn't work. And this has always kind of been my knock on James Harden is as great as he is in the regular season, as great as he is for DFS, as great as he is for fantasy purposes. I don't think he's that clutch of a player. I clutched steal last night. He did, well, it was against the Knicks. He did, had it. It was against the, the Knicks. At the Garden. We're like a B team right now. Playing with a bunch of like G League guys. And like yeah, rookies. the B team stands for best. No, not this Knicks team. Look, he had an opportunity to, if he wanted to do this last year against uh, against the Golden State Warriors, he could have. I just think at times in his NBA career, he's kind of faltered under pressure. Where you know when the team needs him most, he that's when he's flopping more than usual. That's when you know you might see possessions where, hmm, why isn't James Harding touching the ball in this possession? Why is he standing in the corner? I mean, that's the criticism that I used to have with LeBron James when he was part of the big three with the Miami Heat, right? In that series against the uh, against the Dallas Mavericks. So if I'm going to be fair, if I'm going to hold LeBron James accountable for when he was doing that, do the same thing with James Harden. I just think that there's been times where um, he was he hasn't been as clutch as you've needed him to be. Yeah, he does in the regular season, but when we need him most, is James Harden there to do this? When they put the clamps on him, you know, when it's not like NBA regular season defense. When you have like an all NBA defender like Draymond Green right. hounding down on you, right. are you able to do this? It's not sustainable when you need it most, to answer your question, Greg. Carmelo Anthony, obviously not what James Harden ever was, really, at this ability, with his ability to score um, from anywhere. But this Rockets team without Clint Capella, without Chris Paul, it's amazing. You just watched this Knicks game last night. It's just four guys standing around the arc, and mostly Harden shooting it, but some Gerald Green shooting it, and some Eric Gordon shooting it. And it's crazy that there is no offense. It's not crazy, because I've watched Mike D'Antoni coach enough, but... There is no offense. There's no defense. There's nothing. There's no coaching. It's unbelievable. Like, I want to know what Mike D'Antoni does. He just does. has one of the best players in the world in James Hart. Correct. Just like, all right, go out there and do your thing. To be fair, he doesn't have a lot to work with. I think it's worth mentioning that Kenneth Fareed, definitely worth while, mentioning. while he hasn't been great, definitely worth picking up in uh, fantasy basketball right sure. now. Mm-hmm. Like, I've I picked him up in a few leagues. Uh, last night, 11 points, 8 rebounds, 1 assist, 3 steals, 3 blocks. I know a lot of people used him in DFS. He played 26 minutes. He started for the resting Nene. I mean, it seems like Nene's always resting. He's like 40 years old now. But Kenneth Fareed. Nick Strapik, Nene. Bring it back to, yes, that's right. Uh, bringing it back to like a season-long fantasy perspective. In DFS, you could probably continue to ride it out with him. Uh, Kenneth Fareed is a guy worth adding. All right, I completely, uh, completely, completely agree with that. On the other side, Alonzo Trier went off the New York Knicks. He's coming back from his injury over the last three games. He's been really, really good. Scored, I believe, 31 points off the bench last night. Uh, he was everywhere um, behind the three-point arc, um, driving the basket, a double-double. He was really good. Is he worth picking up at fantasy basketball? I think in deeper leagues, definitely worth it. Like, in 12-team <laughs> leagues, 
Um, we have deeper benches in a league like we're in. I think he was worth adding there. He went for over $100 in our fab out of 1000 So that is worth mentioning. Like There are people who are out there trying to add uh, Alonzo Trier for a sizable amount of fab. So if you do play in deeper leagues, I think it's worth looking into. I saw he was the first Knicks rookie since Patrick Hewing to put up uh, at least 30 points and 10 rebounds in a double-double. Um, so he's playing well. He was efficient last night. I think that's a big part of his game. Can he kind of uh, can he can he maintain some level of efficiency? Because they call him Isozo. The problem is he's a uh, you know they have him listed at six foot five. He doesn't look like he's six foot five on the court. He's probably closer to like six foot three, maybe six foot four. But he's a smaller dude, and he likes to play a lot of iso ball. It's just can he maintain efficiency? I think in deeper leagues he's worth adding, Greg. Okay, fair enough. I was coughing, so I shut my mic off. Um, yeah, I agree with you. Alonzo Trier um, in deep leagues is probably worth adding. If you're an Ennis Cancer owner, what do you do right now? Oh, man. In shallower leagues, you can drop him. Okay. Uh, it's a mess right now, what's going on with the Knicks uh, last night in the post game. Look, what they're doing to him, it's not fair to him. Because yesterday, apparently, in the morning, David Fisdale and the Knicks coaching staff told Ennis Cancer that he was going to start. He was a popular DFS player last night. Yes, he was. They told him he was going to start. And then once they got closer to game time, they said, all right, you're not going to start. You're going to come off the bench, but you're going to play. Mm-hmm. He ends up picking up the first DNP CD of the season. Mm-hmm. Not really fair to Ennis Cantor. I think there's some politics involved here behind the scenes. Uh, not like Turkish politics. I think like NBA politics where, you know, Cantor kind of could have seen the writing on the wall this, for this season. Like they, since the beginning, they've been saying, we're going to play our young guys. He chose to opt into this contract, Greg, because he wanted to make $17, $18 million, whatever he's making. I understand that. So he kind of could have seen the writing on the wall that, all right, at some point this year, maybe closer to the second half of the season, maybe I'm not going to play as much because they do draft a guy like Mitchell Robinson and maybe Porzingis comes back and Von Lee's a young player. So they want to play these guys. He might have, maybe you should have seen the writing on the wall a little bit. I think the problem with what the Knicks are doing is you probably want to play him, have him play well, so that he builds up his value, and then you can trade him away. With benching him, you have no leverage in any trade situation. So, for fantasy basketball and shallower, and shallower leagues, I think, he's, I think you could drop him. The problem is, if he gets traded to a team like the Sacramento Kings, we've seen in the past, he doesn't need a lot of minutes. If he plays 20 to 25 minutes, he could be fantasy viable. So, it is risky, but I think in shallower leagues, you could drop him. You wonder if Houston actually comes calling for a guy like Ennis Cancer. <laughs> he's fit right in. <laughs> that's the thing. Play a lot of offense. Not, no, defense, no defense. Clean up the glass. I mean, that's it. Could make, that could make some sense. I know uh, last week our buddy Royce King, who's been on the uh, FNTSY Twitch show with us, he was telling me he thinks the Rockets should get out there calling for Marcus Soul, which would be a bigger Wh- like splash. Which part. we heard rumors about this week that the Grizzlies finally may be open to trading a Marcus Soul or trading a Mike Conley. Yeah. And that would help them on the defensive side of the ball as well because. Marcus Mar- Mar- would be like having no idea. He's like, wait a minute, why aren't you guys like moving? Why aren't you? Why aren't you doing anything? Yeah, like I mean, he's used to defense. playing on Grizzlies teams where like they play really good they defense. They depend yeah. on like playing cohesive basketball. Like they don't have star players, but they like to slow things down. Play you know, play at a slow pace. They like to play defense. <laughs> it would it would be an eye opening experience to say the least for him to join the Houston. 100%. Um, let's talk about Anthony Davis here, Frankie. Anthony Davis has that finger injury. We thought it was going to be a week. Then he thought it was going to be a month. Now I think it's going to be a week again. I was saying to you this morning that I think that it could be one of those things where it's, it is become, does become a pain tolerance issue where he comes back and then all of a sudden his finger hurts and it's going to be one of those last-minute um, DNPs. 
which is why I wanted to make sure we went out and got Julio Okafor, who's played great since uh, Anthony Davis went down. He's now the perfect offense for him. Um, had six blocks last night. Fantastic from a fantasy perspective. We did get Julio Okafor. Um, what's your thoughts on Anthony Davis, Julio Okafor, what's going on in New Orleans? Yeah, I think there's a wide range of outcomes here for Anthony Davis. You know, they say he could be a week or two away, but you deal whenever you hear like fracture in a hand, in a finger, it is worrisome. So we did spend a lot. Look, it was thousand dollar fab budget. We spent over a hundred dollars of our remaining fab. I believe we had like you know four hundred sixty five dollars left of our fab, so a little bit under half, and we spent about a quarter of that. Uh, we spent like $107 on Julio Okafor, and that's because we are Anthony Davis owners. So if you do play in you know 12-team leagues or deeper and you own Anthony Davis, I think you have to be out there and you have to be aggressive and make sure you get Julio Okafor. Say whatever you want about the guy. Uh, he's a one-way player, You know, cares obviously about the offensive side of the basketball. He did have six blocks last night. It's not something that I'm expecting, but if he's playing 30-plus minutes, he might fall into a block or two here or there just because he's on the court and he, he is a big body. Uh, but as long as Anthony Davis is out, I think Julio Okafor is going to be one of these guys that could provide close to double-double numbers, 15, 16 points, maybe close to 10 rebounds. So go out there, be aggressive on him. But once Anthony Davis is back, it's easy to see a guy like Julio Okafor falling back to his 15 to 20-minute bench roll. Um, but there's risk. Again, there, there's always going to be risk with Anthony Davis. Of course, of course. There's risk with any player, but Anthony Davis specifically, a guy who's always dealing with injury. And when you see just fracture with a finger and hand, it's a little wishy-washy, so I would be aggressive with Jaleel Okafor. With that, we're going to sign off at YouTube for now. Corey Parsons, Jim Day, Chris Venture, they come your way next. The next 10 in the NFL Top 100, they'll have you covered there. Make sure you like, rate, subscribe to our channel, as well as leave a comment here on iTunes and rate us five stars. We'll go for the next four minutes or so. Frankie, you texted me yesterday. Speaking of Houston, the Kenneth Free deal, um, should we go stash Mella? I, I I couldn't believe this was a real text. At me. I couldn't believe this was a real text message I got. To be honest with you. Well, to be fair, we do play on ESPN, and Carmelo Anthony has small forward, power forward eligibility, and just team needs roster construction. We've been trying to find forwards all year, Greg. So you know, our team we have like you know, six or seven point guards. We're trying to move one of those point guards to get a forward. I just thought you know, it was worth throwing it out there that Carmelo Anthony, if you play on ESPN, he has that little O next to his name. If you play with an IR spot. You can stash Carmelo Anthony on the IR spot right now. The problem is, A, where is he going to land? B, how many minutes is he going to play? C, is he going to be fantasy viable in those minutes that he plays? I just threw it out there because it is a deeper league. Yes, it's 12 no, teams. I'm good. But Greg's out. Greg's no. out. But I think, I think in 14-team leagues or deeper, if you're, I don't know, if you're desperate for a forward. You're not desperate for a guy that doesn't play. He's not really on a team. Yeah. Just say, well, like, I don't think he's going to be great for like he's not like, going to be great. This is like Bryant minutes. all over again. I'm sorry, it's okay. Um, final NBA note here that we wanted to get to since Kyrie Irving called out his team, the Celtics they've been very good. Yeah, this is uh, something that I had from the other day. Now Kyrie Irving didn't play last night, and Terry Rozier was awesome in that game. Once again, we've kind of seen that. We have a big sample size now of like whenever Kyrie Irving is out, Terry, Terry Rozier mm-hmm. usually steps up. But in the four games since he's called out. Himself called out the team. He's seeked the counsel of LeBron James. He's had 18, 11, 5, and 10 assists in those four games. Um, and he had a career-high eight steals on what I think was like Sunday. or It was over the weekend. He had eight steals. So uh, is this the maturation process for one Kyrie Irving where 
you know, he's starting to care a little bit more on the defensive side of the ball and, and rack up some steals, and he's starting to get his teammates more involved, and he's starting to get assists. So if this is the part of his maturation process as just an NBA player within the Boston Celtics system, it's going to mean great things for fantasy purposes as well, Greg. One more baseball note before we sign off here, Frankie, and that is the Cubs have signed reliever Brad Brock to a contract. And why does this matter? Because Brendan Morrow is not expected to start the season healthy. He's expected to start the season on the disabled list. Which means Brad Brock could be the early closer in Chicago. Yeah, the closer carousel starting early here in January, Greg, with the Chicago Cubs. The Chicago Cubs, typically a team that likes to spend a lot of money. I thought they would have done something splashy, like sign Greg Kimbrell and be on be in on him. Doesn't look like that's going to happen. Uh, but look, man, that bullpen is just... You know, there's a lot of injury risk with with Brandon Morrow, Brad Brock. He's been up and down the past couple of years. I think he burst onto the scene really like three seasons ago where he was great in his setup role, got a ton of strikeouts, but when he was given the closer opportunity in Baltimore, it's not like he was great. No, it was not great. Absolutely not. He just got the job done, but it was not great. Totally agree with that. Um, they do like Pedro Strope there, and well, Chicago always does have a lot of money. I think they just have some mo- a lot of money tied in and a lot of money coming that they're going to have to reinvest in guys like Javier Baez and Chris Bryant and whatnot. So I think the Cubs are kind of waiting in C mode um, at this point. A lot of injury risk with the Cubs this year. From Chris Bryant yeah. to you, Darvish, yeah. to Brandon Morrow, trying to figure out what to expect from these guys. Too. Like I have three starting pitchers in the best ball draft that I'm doing right now with, uh, with Florio. And it's I think it's like the, the 11th round, and you, Darvish, is still there. And I'm kind of thinking to myself... You Darvish as your SP4 in the 11th round, probably worth it, right? I don't hate it. Probably worth the risk at that point. I don't hate it. I might do it, but but here's the thing, right? Like, it's a best ball league. It's kind of a draft and hold. You don't want too many injury-prone players on your team either. So you can take a shot on some upside, but you don't want too many injury-prone guys on a, in a best ball format because next thing you know, you Darvish... I'm going to throw it all this year. Yeah, you know, it, it's very early on. So Tomorrow on the show, no more basketball, we promise. No more baseball either. We're not talking about the Pro Bowl. It's Royal Rumble weekend! The Royal Rumble, (laughs) the preview as we do every year, is tomorrow on the BFFs. For Frank Stample, I'm Greg Sussman. I cannot wait to see you tomorrow. We hope!